Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy 2.0, the One True Podcast, and the only podcast to read the Book of Mormon so you don't have to. Until now. Until now. That's My right. God, someone else volunteered. Can you believe that shit? They did it of their own free will. <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> Who would do such a thing? Stay tuned. Before we get to that, oh. how about some skunk dicks? Yes, I love dicks. I mean, yeah. Skunk dicks? I, I love those too. I suppose that falls into a subcategory. <laughs> uh, first skunk dick candidate, and uh, Matt, it's going to be... We've got a few skunk-dick candidates today, and it's going to be, you might notice a theme. It's going to be all Catholic skunk-dicks this week. A theme? Oh, wait, you just told me what it is. Never mind, I was going to guess. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> all right, Catholic skunk-dick. Are, are you sure you were able to find enough Catholics to fill a Catholic scheme-themed skunk-dick? Uh, so, you know, you you might have, uh, um, if you keep up to date on the bleeding edge of things, Matt, you might have noticed the Catholic Church has been sued uh, f- multiple times for molesting just about every young male under the sun. <laughs> I have noticed the past that. thirty years. Well, what else could they possibly have done? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> well, Matt, they've come up with a novel defense. Their previous defense—I'm not sure what their p- previous defenses were—but they weren't working for them. So their crack team of legal experts, uh, highly paid legal experts, yeah. uh, have come up with. Uh, Another shot at it. So um, a lawyer for the Diocese of Trenton, this is in New Jersey, told the justices that uh, the Reverend Terrence McAllendon was not on duty, right? He wasn't serving in his capacity as a priest when he uh, allegedly molested the victim on several trips to Delaware in the 1980s. Oh, so it doesn't count then. He's just a man. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You can't hold the Catholic Church responsible because he wasn't on duty while he was molesting the children. Well, how do you? How would you even know? It's a priest. Aren't you always a priest? It's That's not what like I thought. being an ice cream delivery man. Is there That's such what a I thing? Thought. Like, like I wasn't aware that priests clocked in and clocked out. Right? Nope. Off duty. I can't give you last rites now. <laughs> they have that Sorry. punch card. I they have that punch card at out. the church. Chunk. I can't take confession. <laughs> I'm on my lunch break. Uh, this man's dying. He needs last rites. Let him die. Let him <laughs> die. Said this priest. I would have to. I would have to clock myself back in. <laughs> right. He'd have to go all the way down to the church, grab his card. It, it's no. It's not going to happen. Well, man, so, the, the judge, uh, one of the justices, had the same question. How do we determine when a priest is and is not on duty? Oh, good. Well, replied the diocese lawyer. <laughs> it, it's never a good answer when you start up here. You start with, well. <laughs> you start hedging already. Well, I was hoping you wouldn't answer that question. Uh, you can determine a priest is not on duty when he is molesting a child, for example. <laughs> just one random example that I've pulled out of the ether. Uh, completely unrelated to this court case, but for for example, when he's molesting a child, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> he justifies this by saying a priest abusing a child is absolutely contrary to the pursuit of his master's business to the work of a diocese. So there, there you have it. When then, he, then he added, "Duh." 
<laughs> what are we all fucking stupid here? He's not on. If he's molesting children, of course he can't be on duty because that's a thing that priests don't do. This is just common sense. I think he's going to have a hard time uh, defending that claim given the massive avalanche of lawsuits over the past 30 years. Apparently, molesting a child is one of the uh, re- job requirements of a Catholic priest. I guess so. Oh, no. Who exactly is the the skunk dick in this one? Is it the... Who, who was it? The uh, diocese lawyer? Gotta be the attorney. Of course, the, the true skunk dick is the Catholic Church, who's yeah. allowed all these molestations and the, the priest to take place. And then the Catholic Church, of course, had to approve these arguments. Oh, hey, let's give that a shot. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't on duty. So... Uh, there you have it. We couldn't. We don't have to pay anything. Oh boy! Not All right. On, not on duty, Matt. Catholic Church skunk dick of the week. What else we got? We have we have something horrible, actually. We have eight hundred babies buried in septic tank at Irish home for unmarried mothers. Apparently, almost eight hundred. The bones of almost eight hundred babies were discovered. Uh, buried in a mass grave in Ireland near a home for unmarried mothers run by nuns, according to New Research Wednesday, right? So 796 children from newborns to eight-year-olds apparently deposited uh, in the fucking septic tank. So, you know, when when the babies die, Matt, you just flush them down the toilet. Yeah, uh, this is this is one of those ones I have I have trouble even talking about this. This is terrible. Matt. But these are all women. They were basically they're ostracized ostracized by the the by society by the conservative Catholic society. These newborns to eight year olds were were taken care of so well by these nuns that the vast majority of them died from malnutrition and infectious diseases. Oh God! And then they just dumped them into a septic tank and covered it up. Yeah. The septic tank, by the way, this isn't new news. This is uh, right. old news. The septic tank full to the brim with bones was discovered in 1975 by locals when concrete slabs covering the tank broke up. So what happened then? Well, the priest blessed the bones. Blessed it. Covered it back up. Yeah, that's what you do when you find a mass grave. You bless it and then cover it up. And then you say, you didn't see nothing. So 40 <laughs> years later. <laughs> anything. <laughs> It has to be rediscovered. I love it because it says, until now, locals believe the bones mainly stemmed from the Great Irish Famine of the 1840s when hundreds of thousands perished. No, no, no. This, uh, this was a little more re- recent than the 1840s. I was surprised because when I thought, you know, mass grave of 800 bones of babies, I thought, you know, 1300s perhaps. Right. <laughs> no, this was 1925 to 1961. Just 50 years ago. Yeah, and the only reason it got brought back up was because of a, a historian was studying um, death records and basically found you know evidence that suggested that this septic tank near the home was a mass grave. Well, this is why religions don't like historians and scholars. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Stop poking your noses around, historians. No, You're going to find all our shit. Matt, to be fair, who hasn't shoved a dead baby down into their septic tank? Yes, yes. It's it's so in common. The nuns, in the nun's defense, who doesn't have a mass grave of nearly 800 babies in their own septic tank at home? In the nun's defense, I don't believe they were on duty when they were <laughs> throwing out these babies that they had not cared for properly. Because <laughs> oh. that's how God will look uh, at it. 
Yeah. They had clocked out. They oh apparently clocked out of every feeding time for any of these babies ever. You know, you know what they're thinking is that baby goes away, we can maybe reintroduce this woman back into society, right? Right. There you go. Baby goes away. Problem, problem solved. Problem solved. Exactly. Uh, oh so, God. you know, once again, <laughs> yeah, in, in your head, in the head of religious people, they can justify anything. You know, you just throw the baby away. <laughs> I just stuff them in a... It wasn't just a few bones here, Matt. It was stuffed to the brim of baby bones. Well, an unmarried pregnant woman, Chuck, that, that's shameful. That's, that's, what are you going to do with her? But, but a broken clearly, woman who's lost her child, that can be reintroduced to society. Clearly, it's the baby's fault. Yeah. Right? The baby must be starved to death and thrown away in an unmarked grave in a pile of shit. It's amazing to me what uh, monstrosities you can justify. Like these nuns, this was not one or two nuns. These were nuns over a period of nearly 40 fucking years. Yeah. All knew about it. All had their hands in it. All complicit in the deaths of nearly 800 children. Well, Chuck, they were the children of unmarried parents. They oh, they don't count? They don't count. They, cause at the time, conservative Catholics... They don't. They don't get baptism. They don't get get buried in a consecrated land. You just they're they're worthless. You throw them out. Now, Matt, I've been looking to see what the church would say about uh, the eight hundred baby skeletons in the septic tank. Let me and... guess. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been smarter. <laughs> oh no, they they said something. Well, uh, Matt, Father Finton Monahan. Fintan Monahan, Catholic yeah. Church official, uh, in whose archdiocese the the bones were found, he, he uh, had this to say: "I suppose we can't really judge the past from our point of view, from our lens. All we can do is mark it appropriately and make sure there's a suitable place here where people can come and remember the babies that died." Okay, we can't judge the past. What? How, how should what should we do when we see things in the past that are just you know massively cruel and horrible? Do we- yeah, what he's claiming is you, we have the fallacy of presentism, right? You can't judge the past from our uh, higher and more evolved morality. Oh, so we're the skunk dicks here. <laughs> we're, we're judging the past. Because- Fifty years ago, it was perfectly acceptable to throw a six-month-old <laughs> right. baby into the fucking septic tank. Oh, oh my God! All we can do is mark it, you see, and and then uh, they they have a place where they come and remember that the babies died. These babies didn't just die; they fucking were murdered of neglect. Right. This was homicide. This is this is terrible. This is skunk dickery at its worst. I am, uh, I am very impressed uh, that not only you can justify the neglect and subsequent murder of nearly 800 babies, but then when you're presented with evidence of this absolutely shocking monstrosity, the travesty, that your response is, eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the past. It happened. Eh. Well, the Catholic Church, they can't own up to anything. They might have to pay money out to somebody somewhere. Heaven forbid if he's sued by someone. Never admit fault. You just, you just, you just say, hey, uh, it could happen to anybody. It's, uh, he wasn't on the clock. 
Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't there. Were you there? Were you there? <laughs> oh. There's no evidence that anything happened. Oh. Catholic Church. Absolutely amazing. Well done, Skunk Catholic dicks. Church. <laughs> Skunk dicks of the last two millennium, I would say. All right. Put them in the computer. Put all of them in the computer. That's it. We're done. No, you just load them. We'll see if a winner pops out. Oh, all right. Oh, my God. The winner's Daniel Johnson. Who? What? What? I don't know. Anyway, don't we have an interview to get to? All right, Matt. Uh, now that we've got these skunk kicks out of the way, we actually have a guest. Is this our first guest on uh, Irreligiosophy 2.0? It's just been this, you and me, hasn't it? This is our second guest. Who do we have before? We had Carrie. Carrie, uh... Oh, my God. No wonder. X96 Carrie. I've banished that from my memory. <laughs> we we need to have a, another big um, science fiction, this time a debate. <laughs> instead of politely listening. Well, that probably won't happen this time. No. We have, oh, this time, yeah. We have uh, David Michael. This guy is actually, um, as far as I can understand, is not a Mormon, is just interested in religion, and is actually reading the Book of Mormon for the first time and making a podcast out of that. That is Wait, correct. Not a Mormon? Not a Mormon, just interested in religion. Isn't that right? That is correct. Why would you how, how do can... that to yourself? Why? <laughs> How can it, how can not a Mormon do a podcast about the Book of Mormon? How can well, he? So first of all, first of all, I've learned that the uh, the community refers to me as a never never mo. So there you go. Never mo. Oh yeah, you I'm got never- mo's, ex mo's, and never mo's. Oh, there's tons. TBM is one I've learned. So yeah, I've learned quite a bit about this community since starting this. True believer Mormon. That's oh, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Nevermo. I like that. So, yeah. Matt, you've got something in common. Matt is a Nevermo as well. Although, he, living in Utah, you kind of get a, a feel for the community. Yeah, you get an honorary partial Mo, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a P-Mo. I did, since I came from California. They gave us, um, they gave us anti-Mo classes before we moved to Utah because our church was so afraid of us <laughs> moving to Utah and being converted. <laughs> I could probably teach that class. It'd be pretty easy, I think. Yeah, I'd love to go back and see, like, the weird kind of, like, hypocrisy that went on in that class, you know. Now, don't believe this crap they're going to tell you. You Just (laughs) believe our crap. crap. (laughs) Our crap's real. So I'll tell you, to to answer your original question about why am I doing this, so it it started with – I was inspired by Thomas Smith, who's doing this with the Bible. It's a podcast called Thomas and the Bible. And uh, so just listening to that, I thought, you know, I I had almost all the same thoughts when I read the Bible. So I was raised very Christian and uh, read the Bible cover to cover. It's when I kind of reached adulthood and wanted to rethink it. And just if you just read it, it's it's pretty easy to, you know, lose your faith pretty quickly because it's just so, you know. Yeah, he pulls. Oh, yeah. A lot of dick moves in the Bible. Oh, it's just terrific. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys have done quite a bit of coverage on that, too. Um, so, yeah, it is. It's just it's pretty easy to pull apart. Uh, so that that was something that I thought, man, I wish I could have done that. And I've read good chunks of the Quran, not all of it, because it's so boring. But, uh, you know, I tried. There's actually another guy doing this with the Quran. It's a oh, podcast Lord. called Quranify Me. 
he has the tough he has the toughest job in the world to try and make that entertaining because it's that it's torture. Couldn't do it. Are you saying so the thought, Mormon is far more entertaining than the Quran? Oh, infinitely. I mean, just oh. the the first episode, I was just like, this is this is a lot of fun. Uh, I couldn't like I so. What I knew about Mormonism came from a single episode of South Park in a musical, right? So <laughs> that, I swear I didn't know really anything else about it. That's a pretty I knew that, good introduction, actually. Yeah. Uh, South Park's fairly <laughs> accurate. I was impressed. Well, I was actually surprised because in the Book of Mormon, it doesn't talk about any of the stuff that was uh, went on no. in that episode. So no, that that's was a all church surprise. history. Yeah, that's all church yeah. history. That's not, not, nothing really to do with the Book of Mormon. And it's funny because I listened to a part of your first podcast, and I could tell that you were never Mormon because uh, you were pronouncing all the names incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually been uh, a bit of a controversy. So a lot of the listeners of the show have written in that they think it's the funniest part about the show is how I butcher all the names. Well, but then other people, other people write in and say, like, it's Lamanite, for God's sake. Stop saying Lamanite. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious because, you know, being brought up as a Mormon, all this stuff is pronounced for you, right? You you right. hear it before you ever read it. So uh, he's reading the thing, he's reading the introduction to it, he's like, uh, whereas this has been a bridge from the plates of Nephi, Nephi, <laughs> Neph? And well, you don't want to confuse the Lamanites and the Lamanites. <laughs> yeah. The Lamanites were the ones that were into pressing thin sheets of uh, wood together. I still screw that one up, too. I, I, I catch myself, though. I'll say it wrong, and I'll be like, oh, God, all right, don't ever get mad at me. I, it's Lamanite, sorry. Yeah, that <laughs> would never have occurred to me to pronounce it Lamanite. Lamanite. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the word Lamanite. It just does. It's, yeah. it's something that takes place of uh, traditional countertop materials. I don't there you know. go. So you are uh, torturing yourself by reading this thing. So what he does is he reads it and then just comments on it as he's reading it. Um, uh, My God, I uh, I can't imagine. Well, I guess the Quran would be more boring. Oh, listen to. I think I pulled it off. I was warned. So I've been doing everything I can, and it's been hard to not get any spoilers on this because so many people write me, and sometimes I'm just like, "Eh, I'm not going to read the rest of that. They're starting to get into. Wait till you get to the book of Ether because, and I'm like, nope, not going to read it. Sorry. And I'll write them back and say, like, I didn't read the second half. Sorry. I'm just not going to. But, uh, but what I was warned by I, at least 100 people in, in some way, whether it was through Twitter or Facebook or post to the website or email, all saying, oh God, the Isaiah chapters are coming. So I was just terrified of these Isaiah chapters that, like, what am I going to do? I, I think I had more fun with the Isaiah chapters than, I mean, they were. It was fantastic what was going on in there. God was just killing everyone, and you had, oh, God, I'd have to listen back and remember everything. Well, but it was, it was fun to just pick apart the wording of certain things. Like, I remember there was one spot where Isaiah had a had a stump that turned into a large rod or something, and I, I just lost it. You know, I just cracked it up. <laughs> so, I mean, just stuff like that when you, you know, if you're just, if you're reading it for almost as literature, right, you can just laugh your ass off as you read it because... You know, you're not trying to find any spiritual meaning. I imagine if I was trying to find spiritual meaning, Isaiah would have been torture because it's just babbling, right? But, what does uh, it oh, say about fun. me when, as soon as you said stump turning into a rod, I immediately started having dirty thoughts? Well, that's, as did I. Exactly. That's, why, that's why it was so funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> so normal then. Yeah. It says you're both misogynist bastards. That's yes. What it says. That's right. But yeah, I do find myself. I, so far, I have sided with the villains just about every time in the book. So the Layman and Lemuel, if I'm saying those names right now, you know, those two guys, I, I felt so bad for them the whole time. It was like, why? 
they're they're the only ones that are making any sense in this book, and they're just getting crapped on left and right. <laughs> and then, uh, well, and it, uh, you know, going back for the gold, I'm not well. I, you know, I guess it does make sense because they're they're not going directly to the sea. They they take a roundabout trip, right? And so they've got to buy supplies and stuff. Yeah, it takes them eight years. Yeah. Eight years to go from Jerusalem to the Atlantic Ocean. Right. Now, I, I'm not a geography major, but that's that is a hell of a roundabout route. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's they're preparing. That's uh, yeah, yeah. You got to make was, your boat, and you need a. Although it never it never said it was the Atlantic Ocean. It just said it was a great body of water or something. Right. So maybe they actually went the other way, and it was right. a Pacific journey. That, that could have been it. They're they're cast very clearly in the the part of the you know, wayward Israelites. That always, despite whatever God does for them, they always rebel and sin and and uh, go away from God. So it is um, entertaining because it's almost even more obvious, you know. Yeah, this the angel only... appears and tell him to stop picking on Nephi. <laughs> stop yeah. picking on the guy. Yeah, Nephi was a dick, though. I was. I just finished recording the chapter where he died, and I was. I was. I was okay with that. I was like, all right, about time. Yeah. What? He dies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Right, so, right, so. And unlike Moroni, he doesn't come back to life 2,000 years later. <laughs> you didn't oh. get that from the second Nephi and third Nephi? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, there's a third Nephi? <laughs> there's not. There's not. Third Nephi is awesome. Well, are you serious? There's a third? Yeah, I'm not going to uh, not going to spoil it for you. But Jacob, I'm in Jacob right now. That was after second Nephi. So third Nephi is some other, oh, God. Yeah, it's so relentlessly repetitive that whole Book of Mormon. Um, you're 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 into the second, third book, I guess. Are you into the third book? You have first Nephi, second Nephi, and then Jacob. Yeah, so I just started Jacob. Relentlessly repetitive. Even um, how about that part where Lehi was talking about his dream in the tree? Oh, I still so so. What I'm doing this <laughs> actually next week. I'm having two uh, Exmos join me on the show, so I can just ask them questions about what I've read. Um, we, we thought it'd be a fun, fun episode. And the, the first question I'm going to ask is, "What the hell was that? That dream is the strangest thing I've ever read." I mean, because honestly, if anyone had some just whacked out dream, you wake up and you go, mm, "Weird dream," and you go about your day, right? But for some <laughs> reason, some reason, Lee, I was like, "Well, that must have meant something," and it's like, "No, it didn't." There's like, so Matt, there's like a some sort of UFO building hovering in the sky, and there's like a tree, but it's dark, and there's some pole that you have to follow to get to it. But if you eat the fruit, people are mad. It's just the strangest shit you've ever heard. And the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, I, I, I can tell this is supposed to be important, but I just don't know what it means. None of it makes sense. So yeah. the hold fast to the iron rod didn't uh, clue you in? <laughs> the straight and narrow so. path, the big building with no foundation that a bunch of people are stuffed to the elbows in, making fun of the the righteous people holding fast to the rod. Um, These are dreams. This yeah. is this is Lehi's dream. I'll give you um, a little bit of historical background of that. Lucy Mack Smith, Joseph Smith's mother, reported in her biography that uh, Joseph Smith's father, Joseph Smith Senior, had that exact dream. Oh, there you go. And well, he, God's, well, that's just God giving the same dream to many people. Exactly to make it. right. That's what that is. Yeah, that's of course. The, <laughs> you know, that's the only explanation. I don't know where you were trying to go with that. But. <laughs> what a coincidence that Joseph <laughs> he had, father had that exact same dream as was written about 2,000 years ago in a, by a you know Jewish prophet. There you have it. I don't know what other explanation there could be, but yeah. 
That's why I'm not sure I buy these explanations that Joseph Smith didn't actually write the Book of Mormon, right? I mean, there's clear... There's also a bunch of stuff about Joseph Smith's mother telling you in that same biography, in that same book, about how Joseph Smith, as a young kid, would stand up at dinner time and give all these stories about the ancient inhabitants of the land, the Native Americans, and their culture, and their wars, and their history. I mean, he had been thinking about this for years before. Yeah, another listener emailed me and said that he was, like, obsessed with pirate stories, and one of his favorites was some Captain Kidd story that went to... Went to an island that was the same name as the hill Camorra, right? The Camorra oh, Hill. I think and, you're right. I think that's yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think I, it, there's something in the port at the Camorra Island was named Moroni or something like that. And I was just like, wow, that's funny. So yeah, I think you're. Uh, I, again, this was just God giving him signs. I think that, that yes, there's something exactly. going to be. He's just. Yeah, I'm also I'm also surprised that we haven't. So in straight in black and white, it actually. In the very first episode I did, it referred to him as Joseph Smith, the Revelator, and I thought that is the best name ever. Why don't Why don't Mormons just walk around just saying the Revelator? Like, <laughs> the Revelator. <laughs> I was like, that sounds that like the most boring superhero ever. <laughs> uh, you could You could have fun with Revelator. Anyway. <laughs> and it came to pass, man. Yes, yeah. so he does. We now have a drinking game. Every yay, ah, it came to pass. I was going to ask. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. How, as I'm a drinker. Yeah, you got to take a drink after every yay, and it came to pass. So Be careful. I'm drinking right now. So be careful with that drink. I know. Game. I've told people. I've told people that do not do this with shots. This is definitely a beer or wine yes, game. <laughs> Preferably watered down Utah beer. How many? And it came to pass. Uh, how many times does that phrase occur so far? You know, someone did email me that too. They said, "Be careful with this game because I can't." I think it was like twelve hundred or something. It might have been more than that. I'd have to look it up. Do you know, Chuck? By not anything? off the top of my head, yeah. but some it's ridiculous number that's even more. Uh, it's it's far more common in the Book of Mormon than it is in the Old Testament. Yeah, the Old Testament, you could have fun with things like "Thus saith the Lord" or whatever. Like there's there's that comes in the Doctrine and Covenants all the time. Gotcha. When it God came to pass. Directly uh, talking to Joseph Smith now, right? Thus saith the Lord, and then he gives us oh. information. But yeah, Joseph Smith, the Revelator, he gives himself. That's a pretty cool title that that you give yourself. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Revelator. But the uh, current president of the church is the Prophet, Seer, and Revelator. Uh, oh, is it? so that title stuck around? The Revelator? Yep, stuck around. Prophet, See, Seer, and Revelator. I think they have in the wrong order. You should just start with Revelator. Yeah, Prophet, instead seer. of. Prophet Thomas Monson it should just be Revelator Tommy. Exactly. Tommy the Revelator. That would be if I ever got that job. That would be my first order of business. Would be to <laughs> change the title. Get rid of anyway. Prophet and Seer because they don't really prophesy or see anything, right? They yeah, can sure yeah. revelate anything you want. Right, but certainly get, getting back. I know we've gone pretty left field, but getting back to kind of the why of doing this. Yeah, it, it definitely answer the I, goddamn question. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you avoiding the question, David Michael? What are you hiding? You can't handle the truth. All right. So when I started, I just I just thought it, it would be something fun to do. I had an interest in reading it because I didn't know what Mormons believe. So I, I was going to read it anyway. And I thought, hey, this would be fun. And, I mean, I almost listed it in comedy. Like on iTunes, it's under religious, spiritual, other category, right, where most of the skeptical type shows are. Yeah. But I almost put it in comedy because I was like, this is just, mm, just doing it to be funny, really. But then, much to my, I, I had no idea that this would become incredibly popular amongst the ex-Mormon community. So they they make up, I 
I don't know if they're all of my listeners, but certainly almost every communication I get. So and I, just, I get a ton. It's all from them. They're like, this is awesome, right? So and many of them explained it's, it's because, like you said, it's just you were indoctrinated with this from the beginning. And so it's, you've never heard what this sounds like to someone that didn't, had never heard it before, right? That's what struck me about uh, the part that I listened to is that I don't think I've ever heard anyone mispronounce any of these names, right? Because it's just such this closed group. And even in the discussions that missionaries will come, the first time you hear it isn't when you read the Book of Mormon, it's when you get it in a discussion. So this is a book about Nephi as an ancient prophet. <clears throat> so you get all that stuff. And so, <laughs> I mean, I knew for sure you'd never been a Mormon <laughs> when it you mispronounced that It would be I guess, if someone's like Je- Jesus or Jesus, you know, yes, like exactly. if they didn't know. Yeah. It's a totally... so. It's. Just, I'm going to download a bunch of these because it's an interesting perspective. I don't think I've ever heard. Uh, you know, people usually hear what Mormons believe, and uh, if it's not in the context of a missionary discussion, they either laugh or they they run right because it's so right. crazy. Uh, so it's interesting to hear someone who's kind of interested in it uh, and and is reading this for the first time. But I'll I'll give you a hint. Uh, you're not going to get Mormon beliefs from the Book of Mormon. Oh, it's just a story. Well, stop! No, stop giving me spoilers. I don't want to. <laughs> the Book of Mormon. I'll tell you, I'm so motivated with this. You know, I, I think I'm just going to keep going. There's that the Pearl Book or whatever, and then you got the Doctrine, yes. Doctrines and Covenants. Yeah. I want to do them all. Well, you uh, wanna, if you want to talk racist, the Book of Mormon's racist, and you've encountered some of that so far. Absolutely. Uh, but Pearl of Great Price is where he lays everything out. So if you want racist, jump straight to the Book of Abraham and Pearl of Great Price. Wow, um, I didn't know it could get. I didn't know it could get worse than it, the turning skin. But okay, exciting. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and the reason I think I'm so motivated it's it's more because again, this started out it was just going to be a hobby, something I thought some people might find entertaining. But the the messages I get from listeners that, especially for trapped Mormons, like the ones that are, uh, you know, they're still they can't come out right. They know they figured out that this is all bullshit, but they're yes. they're just stuck, right? They yes, right. because it's not just a religion; it's an entire community and society. Right. I mean, people have said they'll lose their family, jobs, get kicked out of school. Just it's just horrible to listen to, and they have said that like I'm a type of therapy for them. Which you know, so it, it's changed my outlook on doing the show. It's changed my motivation. I think if you listen to the first few, there's times where I'm just like doing it because I'm doing it, right? But by the time I actually recorded six of them before I actually put it up, right? Because you don't want to put out a podcast with one, right? So I kind of got a, a good little, <laughs> you know, recorded some before I actually posted it. That was a good and thought. Then, that was a good yeah. thought. I think I just did one. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, so yeah, almost immediately, yeah, it, it spread pretty fast. Like I was surprised how quickly uh, it got picked up. And, and it was actually the. Uh, an ex-Mormon subreddit where it got posted there and the show almost went viral after that. Right and so it, you, you can hear from like episode, I don't know, eight onward, it almost sounds like a different show now because I, I, I have like a real motivation because it's it's helping people. And I never thought that, I never dreamed that that would be the case, right? I just thought it was me being a jackass reading something that was stupid. And you know, I mean, <laughs> that's all okay. I was, I was supposed there, to be. I'm sure there's a market for that too. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out because I think some of it is it's validation for people that like, no, it's okay that you, that you think this is bullshit. Like, it's okay. Well, because it, because yeah, it is, you know? Because uh, when you go to church, that's not okay. Um, right. Everything, everything everyone tells you around your entire, almost your entire uh, family of friends 
in, especially if you live in Utah. This is different if you're out of the state of Utah. But if you live in Utah, it is possible to uh, be born, go to school, go to college, uh, and work without really ever exiting that Mormon sphere. Yeah. One of the, someone that wrote me yeah. said that they were 19 years old before they ever realized that anyone didn't believe it. Yes. I, I was just like, what, what, how is that possible? You know, <laughs> like, that's well, amazing. Like, first of all, you know, what do missionaries do then, exactly, if everyone already believes it? <laughs> what are you doing? You know? Those people are way out in exotic lands, not here. Although I do, I understand why missionaries exist. It makes sense because, you know, with the Bible, the Gideons just go around and put them in hotel rooms. You don't want to be doing that with this book. Like, <laughs> you, you, you need someone to sit down and, and give the spin, right? You can't just drop the book in hotel rooms and hope to get any traction. That would, that would not go over well, I don't think. Well, where else can you go to a public school and watch, like, your classmates take – like actually leave school to go to what is it seminary chuck is that what it's called no as part of school as part of public school that you can you can take seminary which is just i have no idea what they did over there they'd walk in park city they'd walk over to the church next to the school yeah i took an hour i took it for three years um and, and they they get around it by you know not issuing credit for it so essentially it would be the same as taking a study hall um you, you get a grade, but it's a seminary right. grade. It doesn't that's, get put into your way, GPA. That's how they work around the church-state separation yeah. clause. Yeah, yeah, and it's off it's off campus, so we have to they, basically leave the school and then walk to the nearest church where they are. Although they would barely care about that separation here, <laughs> and, yeah. probably, and nobody would protest. Right, right, exactly. Um, uh, what I was saying about the, the Book of Mormon is the Book of Mormon is a very uh, early 19th century evangelical document. Um, very, very Trinitarian, and all of the um, all the doctrines, pretty much that you'll find in there, are very nineteenth-century evangelical, so Protestant doctrines, right down from like the Whore of Babylon and the clothes that these guys wear, which which clearly wasn't happening in Native America <laughs> or yeah. Jerusalem, for that matter, in the uh, uh, six hundred BC, right. Oh, well, there's ton- tons of that, right? Compasses and <laughs> right. st- steel swords, yeah, and spinning, 600 BC. Spinning balls with uh, digital writing on them, you know. Oh, uh, when I when what? I I'm, at first what? Oh, so so when I first realized, so it was like a ball made of brass. I didn't put it together at first. <laughs> it was actually like ten minutes later it came up again, and I was like, "Holy crap! How did I miss? This is a brass ball. That is awesome." <laughs> anyway. The Lord yeah, gives them a brass ball. They just wake up out of their tent, and there's a brass ball sitting there. Yeah. Joseph and it's, it's not just a uh, – God gave it to Nephi. No, Lehi. 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 Sorry. See, I'm still screwing Lehi names had up. brass balls? He just had one. He had one. Oh, he had one. It, it might have been like a Lance Armstrong kind of situation, yeah. but he just had the one. One brass ball. Yeah, it was great. That's all you need if it's big enough. But you remember this – or did I do this episode with you, Matt? I can't remember if it was you or Layton where – you see, look at the Liahona. I can't believe, I can't believe you just said that. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> you look at the Liahona, and if you're righteous, it'll uh, tell you where to go, right? And it leaves little messages. What's a Liahona? That's the brass ball. It's called the Liahona. <laughs> when does it get named? It wasn't named in the book. It must be later in the Book of Mormon. All right. Liahona? Is Lee-a-hona. it Hawaiian? What is that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> They, well, they just started. They started calling it a compass once they got on the boat. They were like, "Ah, screw it. 
were tired of saying this magic brass ball, so they just started saying compass. And I was like, it's great that they know what a compass is. It's fantastic. <laughs> I can <laughs> look this up. Leahona. I would have remembered that because I would have mispronounced it, and I would have gotten emails about it. So <laughs> I, that's how I know I would have known. Oh, yeah, the Leahona. L-I-A-H-O-N-A. It does sound Hawaiian, though, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> a brass ball operated as a type of compass with two spindles. Oh, sorry. That's a spoiler. Now you know how to pronounce it. Sorry. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, Not until. Not until. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll forget. You forget. I will totally okay. forget. I'll call you it. You use that Hawaiian joke, though. I'll call it a luau or something by the time I get there. Don't worry. Not until Alma, I think, does it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the brass ball, the brass compass. Yeah, it has little, uh, if you're righteous, it has little messages for you. And if you're not righteous, then it stops working. It's powered by righteousness. Yeah, I have to admit, it's been it's been tough listening to your show because there's often times where you'll start going into the Book of Mormon and I'm like, yes. no, no, skip, skip. you got to turn it and, off. Uh, yeah. Actually, just, but I, I was excited because, what was it, three, the three episodes, when, the one you, where you did John, Gospel John? Yeah. You, you started going to, oh, this doesn't this remind you of Book of Mormon. And Matt's like, oh, of course it does. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're not safe at any time but when you started you realize, and I was about to hit stop because I was like don't want to know and then it was like yeah in the first book of Nephi I was like oh wait a minute I've read that and then and it, so I was really excited to be able to hear your commentary on it, it was, uh, you were telling the whole uh, you know cold-blooded murder of Laban story yes well well, you'll have to hold off listening we're going to do the, the five biggest dick moves of the book of Mormon <laughs> I'm not sure I can read it enough in order to go through that. Maybe, maybe uh, you should do, do that, it. David. All right, I can I, I can just pull my listeners and have them think <laughs> the biggest dick moves so far. Yeah, murdering uh, Laban's got to be one of them. It's just totally unnecessary. Right. The guy was drunk and passed out already. And I, and I love that you, you get to hear his internal dialogue. Yeah. And so yeah, he, he's like, well, I don't want to do this because I'm such a righteous person. I really don't want to. <laughs> God's like, no, kill him, damn it, kill him. And then, so what does he do? He doesn't, he doesn't like, okay, I'll kind of stab him here. No, he just chops his freaking head off. You're like, oh, no. I guess you, guess you really wanted to make sure. Yeah. What you might want to do is look into, maybe they have it on YouTube, but this story is portrayed in one of the first uh, cartoons put out by the church. Oh, and fantastic. It's for oh, I kids. love those cartoons. <laughs> it, it's for kids. And you see him... Uh, the, he passes out, and then he goes to this little, you know, song and dance about, I don't want to, well, it's better for one, you know, person to perish, an entire nation dwindle in unbelief. And then uh, you see his hand come up, and you see the shadow come down and chop the head off. It's awesome. Well, I also love how, like, this sword kept getting brought up as this great, magical, awesome, world's greatest sword. And, I, and every time I read it, I'm like, you guys remember how you got that, right? You murdered someone and stole it. Like, that's that's what happened. <laughs> I don't know why you're so proud of this sword that God, quote, gave you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gave you by allowing you to go into there. And I guess I guess maybe God uh, put it into Laban's heart to get drunk that night. Well. Therefore, allowing him to pass out and be the perfect victim. I don't know that God needs to help us get drunk. Does he? I think we can. <laughs> that one we've got covered, I think. Chuck, that that sounds like there'd be no free will if God did things like that. <laughs> right. You can't get in there and that's very Cal- that's hearts. very Calvinist of you. <laughs> <laughs> now you have me thinking. I'm trying to remember this. Uh, there's some like heavy metal rock video where it's just all, or maybe it's from that movie Heavy Metal, where it's just all Book of Mormon cartoons with really? a, a rock song. Uh, it's driving me nuts. I'm trying to remember it right now. 
I'm sorry. Maybe somebody man. will look that up. I don't watch. Uh, I, I don't watch R-rated movies. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is it is funny that probably one of the most cartoonized stories of the Bible is the story of Noah, right? I mean, it's like the most horrific act ever committed, and yeah. it's like, isn't this nice? Yeah. And I also love that they never they never tell the end of the story ever, like in any children's book. I remember I didn't know how the Noah story ended until I was a grown grown ass man read, just reading it myself. You know, nobody else around, and I was like, wait, what? Noah got drunk, passed yeah. out. His son happened to walk in the tent and see him naked, and his people were cursed forever. It's like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah, somehow yeah. it's his son's fault for walking in. Yeah, I know. Uh, and they never stop. The rest of the Bible, it's like, well, we have to go slaughter the Canaanites. Why? Well, you know, because of the whole Noah son thing, right? Yeah, let's go let's do some genocide. How did God feel at that point? He just destroyed the whole world except for them, and then the only people he leaves alive just fucked it all up again. Well, I love that Noah's first priority was to figure out how to get drunk. When, <laughs> well, yeah. So once again, we don't need God's help to get drunk. We, we've got that one. We got that. After, after the world's destroyed, you've been on a boat for what is it, forty days and forty nights? No, it was, more, it was more. It was over a year. It rained. Was it over a year? Oh. Yeah. I guess it just rained for forty days. Yeah. Ago. Everything I know about the story of Noah came from Bill Cosby's routine in nineteen seventy-eight. <laughs> I love the fact that, too, most of those little cartoons, you'll see the little ark floating around in water, right, and all the animals are nice little happy. It just papers over the fact that God just fucking drowned every living thing oh, on yeah. the planet. <laughs> Don't forget, you always have to have the two giraffe heads sticking out of a window. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the definite must. Yep. Yeah, no question about it. So what do you think so far? You're in uh, First Jacob, then. Your yeah, Jacob I'm about, I'm about 20% done, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yep, you've got... Um, you got quite a bit ahead of you. In the Book of Ether, you know, that's like the end of the Book of Mormon. You're not going to get there for a long time. Even I've, been told, though, I've been told I should be excited about that one. It, it is. Um, yeah, I don't, God, it's so tempting to tell you what happens on this stuff. But <laughs> I will hang up. Will I'll not, hang up. You will not believe. I mean, you think passing the Atlantic in a, in a uh, boat which is um, guided by a brass ball is funny? Wait till you get to Ether. <laughs> Very exciting. So, if if I can make an aside here for a second, we don't know anything about Mr. Michael himself. All right. Uh, so that's what not is important? Your, that's <laughs> a little important. Let's at least do a token interview. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So what? So since this is uh, we're in the religious spirituality category, right? So what is I, your religious spirituality? We're, we're competitors, I think. But anyway, for now we'll. Uh, <laughs> So I'm I'm a was raised very evangelical Christian. In in fact, my father was a pastor. We were uh, dragged. I actually lived in the Soviet Union for a while because we became missionaries, and so I lived in Eastern Europe for four, three, three and a half years before coming. Like, but basically, my teenage years were there. So wow. it's just about as indoctrinated. And in, so I, I understand indoctrination because I lived in a Christian bubble, right? It it wasn't quite like Utah where everything is that, but certainly they kept a shield. Christian schools, you know, well, everything. Where, where in, in Europe were you? Latvia. Latvia. Okay. Uh, well, did they have like the like the ideological conditioning that would be kind of akin to the religious, you know, thing would get here in Utah? There or were they were they? No, communist? this was this. My my dad throughout the eighties used to he would leave. I don't know every year or two. 
And he would just go to Russia with like suitcases full of Bibles to smuggle them in and meet underground churches and stuff. Right, because we, it was, we never, in the 80s it was illegal, wasn't it? Right, right, yeah. right. So, yeah, we was. I mean, we didn't know if we were going to see Dad again when he would leave. It was Yo, great. Jesus. Yeah. And so then when he came back, early 90s, you guys might be able to do some math and figure out my age, and said, uh, yeah, I was there, and Jesus told me that we're gonna, we got to move there. And it was like, oh, okay, you've lost your mind. What, what? And, uh, yeah, and I thought he was kidding, but sure, sure enough, there we were, like four months later. So, yeah, I lived there. Um, but I was always, I was always a, a skeptic. I mean, and I'm not just, I mean, literally my whole life. I remember being a young kid and questioning a lot about biblical accuracy because things just, it, you just have to think for about five seconds on any of these stories to say, what the hell? So, well, when I got dragged to Latvia, I mean, we were living in a communist country. They kind of got their independence while we were there. And, uh, yeah, I figured out early on, I'm a teenager in a country with no drinking age where there are no Americans and every girl thinks anyone from America is just automatically cool. So I said, you know what, I think we're just going to make, make some lemonade out of these lemons. So I actually had a really good time there. I had probably one of the more unique teenage years than anyone just because I was living like someone that wasn't, you know, 16. So there was certainly a, I guess you would call that my rebelling period with the, with the parents. And then came back and um, joined the military. So I was in the Air Force. And that was also an interesting place because the, I'm sure you guys know the military is pretty religious, actually. So that was a bit surprising. And that's where, I, by then, I had pretty much abandoned any belief in God. And I started in a small-scale uh, activism, I guess you'd say. Which, no, branch, nothing... which branch of the military were you in? Air Force. Is the Air Force as conservative, say, as, say, the Marines or the Army? Well, I guess you'd have to ask a soldier or Marine that. I don't know. But uh, I, I'm not sure. Because but I, there know, are things... I know these things go hand in hand. I, I just don't know if there's any difference between the branches of the military. But you you routinely read articles about how conservative these guys are, how they routinely kind of buck the church and state separation. Oh, constantly. Yeah, you'd, you'd be ordered to go to uh, like a commander's meeting or something, right? I mean, you're, you're ordered, so you're you're there. And it's like, okay, we're going to open up with a, a prayer from the chaplain. And it's like, what the hell? Right. Um, so stuff like that. Be ordered to go to uh, proselytizing things, right? Like they right. had the, right. a Christian gospel music group, and you're, you're ordered directly to fucking attend. Yeah, that stuff happened. So that's, that's actually what I started pushing back against. So right. I, sure. I, you know, I was a little nobody, but I actually did get permission from my commander to step out during the prayer. And it's not that it... I didn't care that much. I mean, you could be up there talking about anything. I probably wasn't paying attention anyway. It was just the principle of it. And I actually, I'm sorry for anyone that's already heard me on Adam Reek's show. I've already told this story, but whatever. I'll tell it again. So, yeah, I, I left during the prayers, the only one. And everybody afterwards said, like, what did you, you, you can't leave. And I was like, well, actually, the commander gave me permission, so it was okay. And I kind of explained why. And the next time that we had a commander's call, is what they were called, like a dozen people got up and left with me. And some of them I knew to be Christians. And I was like, what are you, why are you out here? And they actually said, well, and they're like, well, you were, I just think you're right. Like, this isn't church. It yeah, should, should be, you know, ordered. So that's, that was the first time that I knew that, like, even small steps towards kind of calling out injustices, if you will, can, can make an impact. It doesn't have to be a big impact, but it, it got some people thinking, right? So I've always, I've always challenged. I, I, I love debating I just love it. I love when I have some, especially when I get, I get almost giddy 
when I meet a Christian that clearly has never read the Bible, like one page of it. That just, oh, I'm just, I'm shaking with anticipation. I'm like, oh, please, can we do this? Please. <laughs> we'll have you, you might be crying in 30 minutes, but, you know, you, you need to hear what's in here because it just shocks people. So anyway, that's kind of the story of my religious background. I'm, I'm a big, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm certainly not educated on, you know, anti-apologetics or, you know, no masters in critical thinking or anything, but I don't know. I just, I like to use my brain. So you're a no, big, fat atheist. Big with a capital A, you know. It's funny you say that because I, I had to teach a, like a full-time practicing Catholic what transubstantiation was. That's awesome. And they, she's like, she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, when you take communion, that's, it's, that's just, it's that's snack, body. that's, that's just snack time. You're I'm eating talking. Jesus. And she's like, nobody believes that. Right. <laughs> I just started laughing. But what do you go for? Well, I'll never, I'll never understand Catholics. Just the whole, no one, like, I've never met a Catholic that wasn't on birth control. Like, I've never. Like, they all do it. And it's like, well, it's forbidden. It's like, yeah, well, whatever. And it's like, well, wait, how do you follow some rules and not others? It doesn't make any sense. I just, I just don't, I don't understand. Sorry, I keep interrupting, but I don't understand no. being lukewarm religious. That has never made sense to me, right? So it's, if you, you're either going to say that this book or whatever it is, is the word of God, right? Your, your message from God to you. Why, why do you think that you would have the right to pick and choose from that? So you're either going to say it is or it isn't. Like, I, I don't, I don't get people that, that think that that's okay. That's people's cognitive, cognitive dissonance just shining through. They, they don't want to give it up. Even though those little things, just they, the questions pop up. You know, for us, those questions pop up, and we have to answer them and find out. And then eventually, you just have to call it what it is. Right. And, but some people, they don't, they don't want to go there. They, or, they, or maybe they just mentally, they can't go there, and they don't want to give it up. And so they're just going to ignore that, you know, and they're just going to they're going to keep those good things they like. And, and, you know, and the other little things that you bring up, they're just, they look at you like you're crazy. What are you talking about? That's not what I believe. It's right. Like, that is what you believe. That's you exactly. Don't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it's great fun. So when when do you think you admitted to yourself that you were an atheist? How old were you? Do you think? Oh, uh, probably nineteen or twenty. Um, before that, I mean, there were certainly the. I, I remember having a moment where I said, "You need to take a stance." You're either all in or, or all out. And I said, well, I'm not even remotely in. So I guess that makes me out. And for a while, I went with the agnostic term, right? Because that's just so much more of a a, a, a nice word, I guess. Like, yeah. people, don't, people don't raise as high of an eyebrow when you say agnostic. Um, <laughs> they, they just don't, right? And, and I think, and I've actually, I remember, I think it was Hitchens or one of those books that, that kind of said that's the natural progression. Like, no one goes straight to atheists. You got to have an agnostic phase, right? But yeah, so it's just, I don't know, it's just when you really stop, I think most people have really stopped and, and just thought about it. I think we're all deep down. <laughs> if, if you just It's the only conclusion you can really come to, I think. A little knowledge, it goes a long way, I think. Um, right. And actually, you know, doing what you're doing, which is picking up this thing and actually reading it, the it's different. It's definitely different. When I was um, hook, line, and sinker inside this stuff, you know, I would read it and you'd search it for, you know, insight or advice or stuff that would uh, help you with your day-to-day -day stuff. And it was really, really hard to read. Now, at least, it's a little more interesting because every time you hit on something that is just absolutely ass-fuck crazy, 
it's hilarious instead of painful. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like when I would talk to my non-Mormon friends, I mean, Matt, how often did you and I have conversations in high school about religion? Yeah, nev- not once. <laughs> not once, because I was embarrassed by it. Right. I believed it. I, You know, I was kind of like you in that I always had my doubts, um, but I believed it through my teenage years. It wasn't until probably college and, and certainly uh, later that... Um, How can you be embarrassed in Utah? <laughs> I, I was so, It was so dumb. The beliefs were so <laughs> stupid. And my parents would say, you know, we weren't just Mormons either. We were fundamentalist Mormons. So it's bad enough trying to say that you are the one true religion when you have maybe eight or nine million adherents and most of them are in Utah. <laughs> but fundamentalists, maybe, what, 30,000? So out of the entire six, seven billion people in the world, only 30,000 had, uh, had the absolute God's own truth. So that either means we're wrong or God is such a fucking terrible communicator and proselytizer yeah. Or he just doesn't give a shit about people believing the one true religion. I mean, no, you have no option there that's a good. None of them. So, so that's fine. That argument works even if you don't know anything in the book. I think that's by itself. Right. Just, just the case of numbers. Yeah. That, that, the, those numbers were the most embarrassing to me. And then, <laughs> and then the, a close second would be polygamy. Which so you know we were raised to believe that you know in order to go to the highest level of the celestial kingdom, which is the highest level of uh, Mormon heaven, which again you are not going to get in the Book of Mormon. That comes in the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, the highest level of celestial kingdom, you have to marry more than one wife, and that's frankly embarrassing to me. I just don't you know. Beside the fact that it was illegal, <laughs> you know I don't want to have conversations about shit that I believe that's illegal. Uh, it's just frankly embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, and how? And then, but didn't they stop doing that? It's like no longer a part of the LDS doctrine, right? And they just the uh, not the mainstream all the, way, all the way up to the uh, Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided five to four that your uh, right to believe stuff is okay, but your right to practice it <laughs> can be curtailed. And so they uh, disenfranchised the LDS Church and confiscated. A lot of its property, and then, and then, conveniently enough, about five months later, they had a revelation ceasing the um, practice of plural marriage. My parents uh, will chart the fall of the church to that revelation. Wow! They'll say, well, that's when they turned their backs on God, and that's when it started to go astray. Well, I have to ask: Did your father have more than one wife at any point? No. Okay. He, but, he sure, but he sure wished he could have, kind of thing. Well, yeah, it wasn't. I think for lack of trying. Okay. <laughs> but my my grandfather waited until all of his children were kind of raised and grown, and then he got a second wife. And I think that's kind of what my my maybe what my dad had planned. But uh, no, um, as far as I know, he's still a monogamous. But they certainly believe it. So let me interject real quick, Chuck. About a few minutes ago, you dropped an f bomb, and it just I just realized I was excited on coming on the show because I could break my f-bomb cherry on a podcast <laughs> and I haven't done it yet so I'm waiting I'm waiting for a moment maybe I'll just say it fuck it's time fuck feels, yeah, fucking feels great <laughs> fucking a fucking a I'm happy so is your podcast clean then because we always yeah, yeah. So, so yeah I tried so when I started I actually thought hey I want this to be respectful right I actually thought <laughs> if a Mormon because I didn't know I just didn't know and, and that that lasted about 10 minutes yeah, I swear impossible <laughs> It impossible. was just 
so if you if you hear me first reading, I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, all right, all right. And then it was just like, what the hell? Like, it's just, yeah. it starts out. It's a, yeah, right? it's impossible. I actually Even think they would have been better on. It's disrespectful. If if I had been Joseph Smith, I would have just changed the order, right? So I, I think it would have just sort of started with the Nephi chat. He starts out with this whole, yep, I got this angel come down and tell me where these plates were. And it's like, oh, come on. You're, this is your opening? like, <laughs> And you want me to keep reading? Come on now. So, yeah. So I it, in the first episode, at least three or four times, I, I just stop and go, do people really believe this? Like at one point, I actually—I'm not kidding—I hit pause because I thought I had downloaded like a parody of the Book of Mormon. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I really thought that. I thought this can't really be it. Uh, so, so yeah, the, the the trying to be respectful kind of fell apart pretty fast. But I still decided I'm—you know—I don't know. Even even ex Mormons seem like nice, good people. So I thought maybe they prefer not the potty mouth podcast. So I don't know. I just didn't. I, it's hard sometimes. It's hard. I've had yes. to edit out a few. Yes, we've, uh, one, we've had many requests to uh, keep it clean so that they can have their kids listen to it, right? I just, it's impossible. I can't do yeah. it. Well, there's times wow. where you hear me say, you'll hear a little blip, so it's like, that's just blip crazy, because I actually said batshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, let that one out. Oops. Excellent. Yeah, that's pretty so fun. You, you edit your own podcast for content. I love it. Well, no, my staff does that, of course, but, you know. Oh, yeah. right, staff. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't yeah. Your staff doesn't do yours for you. You gotta, you gotta get some interns, guys. My, my staff does. Oh, there you go. Ch- Chuck is my staff. <laughs> staff. <laughs> That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Staff. That'd be nice. Wait. Do you mean penis staff? Well, there, uh, <laughs> see, you should be doing. You should. I might have you on that to read a chapter. We should do one together because I think we'll be uh, we'll be we'll be saying the same stuff. Well, I think we're contractually obligated to say penis in every episode now. I I'm not, I don't know how that happened, but yeah, I put that in. Two point version two point Yeah, we're not about the vagina here. We're all about the penis. Yes. Uh, vagina jokes are hard to find. <laughs> it's just it's just easier. Yeah, it's true. That is true. It's an easier get. So I do have something I want to plug. I know we're get we're we've been talking for quite a while now. And I was waiting for a natural time for that to come in, but it just hasn't. So I'm yeah, just gonna, plug away. Gonna, we'll we'll just edit it out later. Oh, that's, very, <laughs> that's very kind of you. I definitely yeah, say whatever you like. I appreciate your honesty. Uh, so first of all, if you want to find the show, I guess I should plug that first. Uh, you can search for it on iTunes or Stitcher. Although Matt seemed to struggle with finding it a minute ago, I'm not sure why. But anyway, no. So mybookofmormonpodcast dot com. Yeah, correct, sir. Thank you for taking that for me. Or yes, so you can either search for it on iTunes or Stitcher. Or you can go to the website, which Matt just said. Whatever you do, do not download the Book of Mormon podcast. <laughs> no, like Matt did. <laughs> Yeah, I should have thought more before I named it because honestly, just having those words in the title, I'm competing with a major religion as well as a very popular musical. So I think if I ever even reach it to like page two on Google when you type my Book of Mormon by itself, I'm happy. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, that you was... said you you had gotten a critical email already, 13 episodes in from a, a disgruntled Mormon. What was the content of that? Well, it was actually an iTunes review. So oh, I got iTunes a, review. I got a one star. I got a one star, and I was pretty upset. Uh, so yeah, at first I was just mad. I was like, who is this dick? But then several, <laughs> several listeners emailed me saying, Hey, this, you're doing something right because yeah. if, if the church is, is, is found out about you and they're fighting back, then good for you. 
No, I just said like, well, if you're if you're interested in not learning anything, then you should listen to this. And it was just like, when did I ever say you would learn something? You know, um, <laughs> that was not my claim. Right. <laughs> I just thought this would be funny, but all right. Uh, so yeah, you gave me one star. I have had some believing Mormons email me thanking me for the show, which is shocking. Like one of them, I actually wrote back and said, "I just got to ask, why on earth would you listen to this? Like I'm disparaging everything you believe in." And the one guy's answer, which I was pretty impressed with his honesty, he said, "Well, you're giving me ammunition for when I proselytize, because I I get to hear what people's objections are going to be from you." And I was like, "Oh crap, I'm helping him." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck with that. Right. So I thought that was interesting. But then, uh, yeah, just today I got somebody that said, you know, I'm still a believer, but I think what you're doing is great. And I'm like, those two statements just don't make sense to me. So that, that's pretty well, I bizarre. I got to tell you, your perspective is one that you uh, never see here in Utah. You never – because it's either people who are um, irritated at the Mormons because they own all of Utah. And so they've, they've kind of uh, dismissed all their claims already. Um, you, you very, you never get a, a, a someone who's kind of interested in the religion, <laughs> but has never interacted or uh, heard anything about Mormonism before. So that's a, that's pretty rare. Well, that's why you have to go export it, right? That's the whole purpose of the missionaries, I would assume. Although I haven't gotten into the part where missionaries come up. Maybe that's another book too. That is uh, entirely your. Now you're again talking about probably doctrine and covenants. Man, I should have read that one first. Seems like more. Oh more... no. No, 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 okay. no. It's, you think, you know, it, the Book of Mormon at least has a plot, right? There's a narration. The yeah. Doctrine and Covenants is just a set of revelations from God to Joseph Smith. Like, he asks so just, questions. And some of them are, are like, total bullshit. Like, here's how you divide the property in Nauvoo. And, you know, it's, oh, God. Terrible. I have been wondering about, I have been wondering about the Nauvoo's, so I am. But, <laughs> so it's just like, it's like thousands of bullet points, pretty much. Uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, I've been to Naboo. Okay. It's in Illinois. Naboo, Illinois, yeah. That's Naboo, yeah. Again, lots of interesting church history there, but... uh, Well, I I do live in Chicagoland, so maybe I should make a trip to Naboo. Ah, see, I was down in Mount Vernon. That's where I... uh, And I did my flight training in in Alton, if you know where that is. It's it's almost in St. Louis. It's so close to the border. Gotcha. Uh, but when I found out Nauvoo was in Illinois, I was I was like, I gotta do a cross country trip there, which is part of your it's part of the training you have to do. So I'm like, I gotta fly to frickin' Nauvoo, and it was <laughs> it was a letdown. It was just another town. <laughs> do they have? I was disappointed. I've never been there. I'm, they have to have uh, tours and shit like that. I think the Nauvoo um, temple and the property and all that stuff went to Emma Smith after Joseph Smith was killed. And so the uh, the church that, that she formed, the reorganized LDS church, owns a lot of that property in Nauvoo. Uh, I don't think it's owned by the actual Mormon church. Is that true? I don't know. What, don't know. what the <laughs> fuck did you do in Nauvoo? <laughs> I, I was just about I landed to say at that. the airport and looked around. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, I just don't know if anyone cares. I think that's the problem. <laughs> that is probably true. Now, now you make me want to go to Nauvoo to see how much the LDS church presence is there versus how much the reorganized uh, LDS, which is I think they've changed their name to the Church of Christ or Community of Christ or something. But I, I'm, now I'm kind of you've piqued my interest, Matt. Nauvoo, Illinois. Yeah, let's do a uh, let's let's do a road trip there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. It's let's closer do, to me. Uh, closer to me. Let me know when you're going. We'll all meet up. Let's right do on. iTunes reviews. 
my Book of Mormon. <laughs> Annoying. One star. There it is. Read it. Read it. Annoying. Go for it. It's pretty funny. I, I guess if you don't really want to learn anything, just want to hear criticisms, this is a podcast for you. I, li- I like pod- I like criticism. Yeah, After better. listening to just one episode, I couldn't stand the guy. He comments way too much. Actually, that's a T-O. Too. He comments way too much and on things that aren't relevant. He misses discussing the things that are most interesting and important <laughs> to me. Oh, my I God. Suppose. <laughs> so now let me let me stop commenting. <laughs> let me explain this, Matt. He's reading the Book of Mormon, so the guy wants him. He wants a podcast. His idea of a good podcast <laughs> is just this guy reading the Book of Mormon without any fucking comments. Right? Yeah, that that would be called an audio book. But okay, <laughs> not a, a great idea. Although, if I know, that, like, I at first I was confused because I thought, like, you know, there's like dozens of those. Like, if that's what you right, want, they're there. And so at first I was like, I've listened to tons of podcasts that, you know, I didn't like. So right, I, you figure that out pretty quick and you just move on. Like it's never crossed my mind like, oh, I better log into iTunes and screw this guy over. Like, you know what I mean? It just wouldn't. So then, and then once the fans wrote in and said like, look, this is what's really going on. This is the church pushing back. And I thought, oh, okay, that's a little better. Because I will say I do get a few emails that are negative, but the vast, vast majority are people that are either, you know, completely ex-Mormon and just think it's hilarious or the ones that are that are trapped. And in fact, one one person in particular that wrote just the the story that that she gave me was just it just touched my heart so much like how the situation she was in being in Utah and just so trapped and her name was Taylor and so it just something about that email made me say, you know what, I need to do more than just this podcast for these people. And so I actually uh, looked around, got some information, and partnered up with the uh, Whitefields Educational Foundation. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. Yes, no? Mm, no. White fields? All right, so they offer... Uh, are they like, white and delightsome fields? Uh, of course they are. <laughs> we already know that. Or, or, or as white is often described, the most brilliant white that I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> that seems like a pretty racist organization you are uh, hooking up with. <laughs> well, perhaps. Well, is it, Are there black people in Utah? Because they're in Utah. <laughs> you know, Dave Chappelle came to Utah during the Olympics... And his comment to, uh, was it Jay Leno who sent him down there? Was that he would sooner see Sasquatch than another brother in Utah. <laughs> so I, I think by definition, all organizations in Utah are just, they have to be racist because they default. have a choice. They have a choice. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, it's an it's a organization that offers counseling service um, and group sessions and th- kind of therapy sessions for people to help them transition out and, and help them have resources to, to because there are ways to get out, even if is you want. Is it specifically uh, counseling out of Mormonism, or is it counseling out of religion, or what, or general they, counseling? I mean, what is what is the uh, organization? So you can certainly go to whitefieldseducational.org, and you can find out all about them. And uh, if you uh, put a slash My Book of Mormon podcast after that, you'll actually see the uh, Taylor Scholarship, which is a fundraiser that, that I've started with them. And the purpose for this is to uh, raise money to pay for people that want that need to attend these counseling services but just can't afford it. Um, so it's a nonprofit, but so they keep their costs as low as they can. Obviously, they can't make a profit, but it does. You know, they have to pay for these for counselors and different things like that. So it's um, so yeah. This scholarship, the intent is for people, especially like this Taylor that reached out to me. Um, we, I wanted a way to get them help, even if they felt like there was none available. So it's something I'm pretty excited about. We just got it started yesterday, actually. 
So if anybody wants to donate to that, if you think that's a good cause, it's uh, whitefieldseducational.org slash mybookofmormonpodcast. So that's where you go. But if you just go to the whitefieldseducational.org, you'll see you know more details about all this, this stuff that they offer. But they do, like most of it claims, it's just like for people with faith identity crisis, like they try to make it pretty generic sounding, but they're in Salt Lake City. So yeah, it's Mormon. <laughs> so we can maybe we can include a link on the website for that as well, in case nobody has time to write that down. That's fantastic. So how did you get you can, affiliated with, with that group? Real quick, there's another place. So, of course, everyone by now has already gone to mybookofmormonpodcast.com because you mentioned it, and, of course, your listeners would have already gone there. So they'll see a link to this as well on that site. So there's several different ways you can get there. If you guys put a link, that's great too. But, uh, yeah, it was actually – so the ex-Mormon community on subreddit, those, those guys have just been just awesome, the kind of support that they've given me to help spread the word. They've – you know, talked about the show on all these different Facebook pages and Twitter and just all over. Like, I, they, I don't even have to market anymore. They do it for me. It's just great. And so I just posted a question and I said, hey, I'm thinking I, I want to find a way to help trap Mormons. Is there organizations out there that do that? And so I got a couple suggestions. There was one that kind of focused mainly on getting um, women and children out of polygamous, uh, you know, compounds and stuff. And I thought that's definitely a worthy cause, but not necessarily my listeners, right? So I wanted to do something that would benefit the people that were directly reaching out to me and so then i found out about this one uh looked at it and when i was reading especially there's one called a faith identity group is one of the things that they offer and that one i thought was like yes that's exactly what i'm trying to get and so i you know emailed them and it's it's you get you get responses pretty fast when you send an email that says hi i'd like to raise money for you you know that so it wasn't wasn't too hard to get them to call me back but john larson is the guy that i talked to um I'm actually hoping to interview him just so on my show uh, on an upcoming episode so that we can he can talk a little bit more directly about what it is that they that they offer. But that's the idea. So, yeah, I just thought that, you know, I have this this huge listener base that I did not expect, like by any realm of imagination. I mean, I think if you would have asked me when I started this and by the way, I think what is it? Yeah, the podcast has now been out one month. Not joking. And if you would asked me in a after a year, how many people do you think would have subscribed? It's at least 50 times what I thought in my head. So I just, it's amazing how big this show has gotten. I never dreamed it would be. I mean, I, I think after like two weeks, it was number one in iTunes. And I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> and so, right you know, wow. just, yeah, I, I was, I was, I think it's number three right now. If I, I don't know, not, but I don't check that. No, not every morning. But anyway. <laughs> so if you could give us a plug <laughs> on your show, we'd love it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we've got you, you four or five listeners, I think. Yeah. No, and I'm actually serious. If one of you want, if you, I'm not joking about that. If one of you want to come dial in and do an episode with me, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, especially, I don't Chuck know. I, is the expert on the Book of Mormon. Yeah, you, it but see, be me. It, it shouldn't, shouldn't be Chuck. Oh, that would I'll spoil him. shit for him. Or he'll say, this is what you were supposed to get from that. And I'll be like, well, I don't <laughs> this know. This was care. the important stuff. Than right. Any, uh, yeah, exactly. The spiritual uh, you, You'd have more fun with it, Matt, I t- I'm telling you. <laughs> I, know you do, I know it just sounds like more work for you, so fine, if you don't want to do any more. You know, yeah. you're, you're like you're like the Tom from Cognitive Dissidence, right? To... <laughs> right now, I'm busy learning all about chromosomes. Apparently, is uh, Tom from Cognitive Dissidence the big fat dick who never does any work for the show? Hey, that is exactly how he describes himself. So yes, I don't think it's even insulting. Yeah. Yep, there you go. I'm not a big fat dick. Wait, I'm <laughs> I'm not big and fat. <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. Um, 
I did want to bring up one thing, Matt. Um, you know how we routinely get uh, reviews about how annoying and grating and whiny and, and terrible our voices are? Yes. Yes. I went over to his Facebook page, and already he's got a comment on a, how what like a fucking sexy radio voice he's got. I know. This so, is really, I'm really bad. <laughs> I had a someone tweeted that I had a buttery voice, and I wasn't sure what how to take that. But yeah, I'm buttery. It's like butter. <laughs> it's like butter. Spread it. I don't know. How come? How come we don't get comments about our sexy radio voices? You know what I'm going to do? Uh, you're you're about to get an iTunes review. Actually, I might have. <laughs> uh, no, I think I've. I I, I might have already done that. I, I you're you're one of the shows I like, so I think I might have already given you one. But if I have, I'll check. I'll go in. If I hit click review and there's already one there. Can you edit those? Maybe you can edit one that you... I don't know. Well, I'm going to try. You, Yeah. Actually, um, I did... Uh, you guys listen to Scathing Atheist at all? I try not to listen no. to other podcasts. All right. Well, fair enough. They always start with uh, what they call the Farnsworth quote, which is the, we did indeed evolve from filthy monkey men. So I, I sent one in, and Noah, you know, the host put it on, and at the end, he did a little plug saying what the show was, and he said, he said he's reading the Book of Mormon in a baritone voice that almost makes me come. And I thought, well, there you go. Thank there you, you go. <laughs> well, let me read you a review that we just received about five days ago. All right. Um, five stars by Wookiefeed. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I can no longer decide which member has the most grating voice, Chuck or Matt. <laughs> Oh, Chuck God. has always sounded like a cat being thrown into a blender and then being fed to a Thai immigrant. But now I have to turn back. Matt's voice is like listening to a yapping chihuahua that's been trapped in a mountain of cocaine, but still somehow unenthusiastic. <laughs> I like how when he refers to Matt's voice, it's in quotes. <laughs> yeah. wow. Matt's voice. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, so I get things like, here's a five-star that says, I could listen to that voice for days. I've got, um, I'd intended insurance seminar if David was the keynote speaker. Let's see. Yeah, apparently my voice. Maybe that's all that's that's carrying the show. I don't think anyone finds it entertaining. They just like listening to my voice. I pretty I think, much you know, you as soon as this interview started. I I'm should like, switch. Oh my I God, should listen to this guy. Yeah, I should switch and just like read trashy romance novels. Maybe there I get a go. whole new audience. I'd listen you to probably that. read anything. <laughs> Although, uh, Joseph Smith describing Moroni certainly fit into the trashy romance novel category. <laughs> Reread that. It was pretty... Uh, it is a bit of slash fiction. Early slash fiction. It was the... Yeah, it was, it was nice. He was, his chest was bare, and he was, he was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I was like, good Lord. You two just get a room and get it over with. Ow! Matt, Matt look yeah, at this. Nice. Talk about a polarizing podcast. He has 36 reviews. 35 of them are five stars. One of them is one star. <laughs> Ain't got nothing in between. Nothing. Oh, I love it. They either love them or they hate them. Hey, it's been it's been a month, so I'm sure I'll have time to get the get more. But no, I don't think I'll ever get anything. Yeah, you know, they should just take out the four, three, and two. I'll never get that. I'm either getting a five or I'm getting the haters. <laughs> <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> well, fantastic. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun and open invitation if either of you want to come and do an episode with me. Yeah, good so, luck with that, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> so one more time, the uh it's the My Book of Mormon podcast. The website is mybookofmormon.com. Uh, nope, 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 nope. Almost had it. Mybookofmormonpodcast.com. 
mybookofmormonpodcast.com. Yeah, you don't want to go to mybookofmormon. You probably can now, now, my Twitter handle is at mybookofmormon. And the okay. and the Facebook page is also My Book Mormon Podcast. So the only the only where the podcast doesn't exist is Twitter, just because I ran out of characters. There we go. Check it out. Make a donation, and leave an iTunes review on how buttery your voice is. There you go. Well, listen to the show first. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't yeah. care if you listen to the show. <laughs> actually, that's true. Whatever. If all of your listeners just want to immediately log in and give me a five star <laughs> review, that's actually okay. That's fine. Yeah, just mention his voice. Can you imagine? Like, no hosting costs at all because no one's listening. They're just giving you reviews. Like, number number one on iTunes and <laughs> no one's listening. You have no downloads. Right. <laughs> uh, excellent. All nice right. Job. Good luck with your future. Good luck with Alma. All right. Alma. Well, listen, the Isaiah chapters didn't intimidate me, and we had fun with those. So I'm not, I'm not worried about Alma either. And. Before I hang up one last time, because I don't know what I'm going to get to say it again on the air. Fucking A, guys. Thank you. Fucking A. Yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to What the Fuck. Welcome to What the Fuck with Mark Marin. Here I am trying I know to my voice sounds different. start the podcast and you're like fucking snorting cocaine over there. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, I will try this one more time. Hello and welcome to... That goes to on the end, by the way. fucking dick. <laughs> God! Fuck you! <laughs>